long-term, it is ruining women's metabolisms because we know that fasting is really hard on your adrenals. And so here we have this society of overly stressed out women who are then fasting all day long and eating a low carb diet and many of them with undiagnosed hypothyroidism. And that low carb, the stress, because fasting is a stress, is just putting fuel to the fire. And women are really wrecking their metabolisms when they overdo this. And so it's really about finding this balance. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Over the years, I have asked over 25,000 women what the number one most disruptive symptom related to their hormones as they hit 30 plus years old and definitely in their 40s and beyond. So can you guess what it is? The number one most disruptive symptom is unexplained weight gain and weight loss resistance. Number two is feeling tired throughout the day. And number three is sleep issues that result in feeling tired and brain fogged. Now, from personal experience, I have struggled with all three, especially in my mid-30s. Honestly, I remember turning 35 and it felt like all the wheels fell off. For two plus years, I could not lose weight and it wasn't for lack of burning myself to the ground to try to make it happen. Initially, I thought I was struggling with chronic stress based on the symptoms of brain fog, fatigue, and crazy mood swings. But after implementing my stress protocols, I still felt crappy and the weight, well, it did not come off. I look back at pictures from four plus years ago, and it's so obvious my face is puffy and inflamed, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see that inflammation. All I could do was focus on my weight. No matter how much I tried to address the weight issue head on, like it was the actual and only problem, I found myself back at square one. I just wanted to look at myself in the mirror and not be embarrassed by what I saw. I also wanted to wear the dresses in the back of my closet that I hadn't been able to wear for a couple of years. In my weight journey, I realized something extremely important and I must share it with you today. Weight is often a symptom of something bigger. It's a byproduct of inflammation inside of our bodies. Getting to the root cause and rebalancing our body is the first step on our healing journey not the weight. And that's why I devote so many episodes on this podcast to hormone imbalances and getting to the root cause. Because weight is a byproduct of something else, potentially lifestyle, but also an imbalance of hormones. It's important that we all look at the hormone players and understand what's influencing them, especially as we enter perimenopause and beyond, when they begin to shift and change rapidly. Because of this important truth, I do have something very special to share with you that I've been waiting to share since last August. Yes, that's a long time to wait, but the wait is almost over and I know that you are going to love it. Now, if you are 35 years old or in your 40s or 50s, so you're in perimenopause and beyond, struggling with your hormones and looking for powerful, sustainable solutions to address hormone challenges, I am hosting an epic event that I am so excited to invite you for for free. 
It's my perimenopause and menopause relief summit, and it's going live later this month with 35 of the best doctors and experts in the women's hormone space. And they are sharing their best advice, recommendations, and protocols for the most disruptive hormone issues. And I'm so excited about what you're gonna get from this event. I can't wait for you to experience the incredible transformation based on proven, actionable protocols and recommendations from these practitioners. Now, this event is a place for fast-acting solutions that work without wasting your time, especially if you've tried everything else and you are feeling lost about what to do next. This event is your next step. Now, I will have the link in the show notes for this episode to sign up and get your free seat, episode 253, plus you're going to get some amazing bonus recipe guides just for registering that I know are going to support your journey. Now, be sure to spread the love and share the summit with your bestie or your friends who you know need it too, because they are going to get so much out of it. Now, given how important it is to really understand weight loss resistance and how it relates to our hormones, I also invited Karen Martell today to share her experience and recommendations, especially during this time when there's a lot of fad diets out there pointing us in only one direction or the other and not addressing the orchestra of hormones and inflammation that is wrecking havoc on our bodies. Now, before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Karen Martell is a certified transformational nutritional coach and weight loss and hormone expert. After a lifetime of struggling with her own health issues, Karen is determined to bring her knowledge to other women. She has a bold new approach to women's health and weight management. Her passion lies in helping women break through weight loss resistance and finding their personal weight loss code through nutrition and optimizing hormones. She's the founder of OnTrack Hormone Balancing and a weight loss group coaching program and hosts a top-rated women's health podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss. Let's welcome her onto the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Karen Martell. How are you doing today, girl? I'm doing awesome. I'm happy to be here. I've been wanting to connect with you for, I feel like, like over a year now. So I'm so glad that we're finally able to do this. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's so good to have you on the show. I know we're talking about a topic that my audience is always trying to figure out, and that is weight loss resistance, right? The inability for us to lose weight no matter what we're doing, no matter what is going on, and then really trying to find the code that works for each of us especially as we get into our 30s, 40s, and beyond. This feels like it becomes ever the challenge. Mm -hmm. But before we get into all of this, this landscape of what is going on under the surface, I'd love for you, Karen, to talk a little bit about kind of what was that defining moment where you knew you wanted to help women get over weight loss resistance and really figure out what the right methodology is for them to feel their best? Mm-hmm. Well, mine started after the birth of my first child. I was 32 when she was born. And I, you know, I gained a bunch of pregnancy weight, but it came off during, you know, when I was breastfeeding. And so everything was okay. And then after I stopped breastfeeding, I went through this period of time where my body just continued to gain weight. And I've always been very health driven, but I was like, I was at a loss. I tried every 
diet you can think of. I was vegan. I went raw. I was detoxing. I was doing the Atkins diet. I, I mean, I tried everything and was working out harder than I'd ever worked out before. I had a personal trainer. I was doing boot camp, and I'm working out with all of these women doing the exact same thing that they were doing and they were shredded. And I was like, why is this not happening to me? And I just kept gaining weight. And it was like all in my stomach. I was super bloated all the time. I would look like I was three months pregnant by the end of the day. I started developing skin rashes. I was getting really severe menstrual migraines, insomnia, like severe. I had to go on medication because I could, I just suddenly could not sleep at all. And, you know, I was going to my doctor. She, of course, had no idea. And nobody, being that I was so young, not one person said to me, could it be your hormones? And being the researcher that I always have been, I was just like, I have to figure this out. It's not my diet. It's not exercise because I'm doing what everybody is telling me I should be doing and nothing's working. And so I ended up finding a naturopath who tested my hormones for me. And sure enough, they were an absolute disaster. And at the time, I would not have considered myself a stressed out person. But I, you know, looking back, I think I really was, but I just didn't, I was just doing what everybody, what every other woman in North America was doing. I was, you know, raising my child, having my own business, like going, running around, you know, never getting downtime, but that was normal and exercising like crazy, right? Well, my cortisol was rock bottom. My DHEA was rock bottom. My progesterone was rock bottom. My estrogen was too high. So I had all of these issues and I was like, okay, now I have something to work with. And at the same time, I did find primal-based eating, which really, I think, helped correct so much of the other stuff going on, the food sensitivities and the gut problems. I had to not just balance my hormones, but I had to look at the stress. I had to look at my past, which, you know, I came from a history of many, many years, probably a decade of alcoholism and drug use. And even though I had been sober for probably five years at that time, I still think that a lot of what my hormones were showing me was due to the lifestyle that I used to live, of course, right? And I had to deal with a lot of emotional garbage. And so all of these things together had to be dealt with. And it wasn't a quick process. It wasn't a 30-day, hey, let's try this diet and everything's going to be okay. This was like a few years of putting all of this together and coming out and my body finally releasing all of the weight and going, okay, there's going to be, there's so many women that are going through what I'm going through. And everybody looks at them like, well, you're not working out hard enough. Well, you're not eating perfect enough. You're not calorie counting. And I was like, that is the worst advice for somebody like myself and what I was going through. And I just, just went on a mission. I was like, that's it. I've got to help other women figure this out because it's so much more than what we're eating and how much we're working out. And what I was doing to my body was actually the absolute worst. Like I quit exercising. I started doing yoga every day and meditating and doing complete opposite, eating different nourishing foods and never calorie counting, never carb counting again and releasing the weight. So it's been quite a journey. Hmm. I, I can imagine. And it's very much the journey, like you said, that so many women are going through. And you're right, when you've got doctors and 
dietitians and people thinking it's calorie in versus calorie out. It, it just never is that simple, especially when it comes to, to women, especially when it comes to hormone fluctuations. And as I was listening to your story, Karen, I was like, oh yeah, that's estrogen dominance. Her progesterone's tank. She's got cortisol is either in the can or it's elevated. Like it's, you know, and I was in, and, and, and she's stressed to the nine. You know, and, and so it's so funny because it's just not the way that the medical system looks at anything. It's not like they would have like, da, 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 you know, gone through the list and said, oh, it's definitely hormonal imbalance that is driving this weight resistance, particularly all that stress. And the worst thing that we can do is overexercise because it's just a stressor. Your body's like, are you really going to hit me with more stress right now? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it just, it just becomes this tornado. It was vicious. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I got to my, I had my second child, <laughs> these dang children, they <laughs> lucky you, you're about to experience this. No, just kidding. When I had him, I was late, I was 37 and almost the exact same thing happened, but in, and it was this time it was my progesterone just took a dive. DHEA was low, which I fixed those things. And then I went into my forties with this like attitude that I'm super healthy. I've been eating this, you know, primal based diet for 10 years. I exercise. I'm taking all the right supplements. I feel good. Like menopause is way off for me and I'm not going to have all these symptoms that other women are having. And lo and behold, at 42, I went into, men I was going into menopause. I started losing my period. I was like, what? How is this happening to me? And it was crazy. I was hitting this crazy early perimenopause and looking at the research now, I think it was- I was like, I Karen, had... that is not early. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Well, it's early for most women. Most women, yeah, I mean, it's later I think in their women 40s, hit perimenopause but... in their late thirties, honestly. Uh, that's what I've seen. And it's, it's just, it's slight shifts and slight changes. When I hear women start to really feel it, usually 42, 43, 44 is when things start to shift. You know, like I said, it's, it's again, these small shifts in every woman's a little bit different. And what I, what I, and I know this is a, like, having children later definitely can complicate things too. Yeah, they definitely, they take a toll on the hormones. You know, ideally we're supposed to have kids at like 16. So, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen anymore. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. And, you know, and luckily I've been knowing what I know, I've been able to reverse that all. And, and I have a regular period now without any of those symptoms that I was having before. Huge changes were made and women don't realize what they can do in order to make these changes. And thanks to women like yourself and me, like we're trying to get the word out there, but there really isn't enough. We're, we're a drop in the bucket. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and you're right. I mean, early, early signs of perimenopause in our early, early forties is not necessarily just reproductive hormones. There's a lot of other underlying factors that are driving that earlier perimenopause. Um, and like you said, especially in our early 40s, we can actually kind of get ourselves out of that a little bit and normalize things and kind of bring us back to just a lot more ease and grace before we actually get to that definitive point of menopause, which is like usually 51, 52. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, we do talk about weight resistance on the weight loss resistance on the show because because it is a problem for so many women and it's happening earlier than we would like. And again, we're not getting a lot of the answers that we're looking for. Talk to me about kind of your take around weight loss resistance. Like what's go, what's going on? 
What's going on? Well, as we talked about, when we hit our late 30s is when women start to first notice it. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't, most women wouldn't say, oh, it's because I'm going through perimenopause. They wouldn't say, you know, they went to their doctor. Their doctor sure as heck wouldn't say that either. But in your late 30s is when you start to notice, I find that, oh, I've put on a few pounds around my stomach. What's going on? And then, you know, you try and do the usual exercise and eat your way out of it and it doesn't work. And there's many factors going into it right now. And I'm really big on finding the diet that's going to work for you. And we're really bombarded so much right now by certain diets. And I was definitely a person that was jumping on every dietary train there was at a period of time, right? Like I said before, I've tried it all because I would hear about something or see that somebody was getting success with it and be like, oh, well, then this is what I'm, I'm going to get success on this too. You know, jumping on Adkins and going to boot camp was what these women were getting success with. Well, for me, it was absolutely horrible. And so I really try and when women start to get to this state, in their life, this perimenopausal stage in their late 30s, early 40s, you really, you need to start looking at it from this very holistic point of view. And there's certain things that are starting to happen. One of them being that progesterone, of course, starts to drop. And I know you probably talk a lot about this on your podcast, but just to remind everybody that yes, progesterone starts to drop first. And that can be a big issue when it comes to holding on to that weight. And then as we age, the estrogen starts to drop, which really is the cause of so much of the menopausal weight gain that we see, and especially around the stomach, is that estrogen dropping. The drop in estrogen is it increases your risk of developing type 2 diabetes, it increases your risk of insulin resistance. And there's things that we can do to help mitigate that, the effects of dropping estrogen. And so as you go into your 40s into and then up into your 50s, there's certain things that you can do and ways to eat to help with these certain hormonal imbalances that I found that really work. And right now we're seeing a lot of ketogenic, a lot of fasting. And that seems to be the the diets that are pushed the most right now is the number one most Googled diet is keto and intermittent fasting is second. That's pretty big. And so I work, you know, I've worked with primal based diets for a long time. I myself have eaten paleo for over 10 years. I've been in and out of ketosis for five years. So I'm definitely, I think that there's a lot of great things about that way of eating because really it's bringing down your inflammation. It's, it's making sure that your blood sugar stays steady. So there's all these great things to that way of eating. But what I'm seeing is that people are overdoing this ketogenic and fasting. And as we were just saying, like, you know, you said it right away. You're like, well, obviously her cortisol was messed up. Well, how many women do you come across that have messed up cortisol? Everyone. Everyone. Every single one of them. Yeah. And also insulin resistance already. Estrogen is is an insulin protector, like you had mentioned. And when it tanks and we already have insulin resistance, because I'm under the impression that we start to develop insulin resistance in our 20s and no one's flagging that either. And the tank in estrogen it isn't doing our insulin levels any favors. No. And people get really af- afraid of estrogen 
because estrogen dominance will also cause weight gain and inflammation, right? So we need this Goldilocks of estradiol in our system in order to help with that menopausal weight gain that's almost inevitable if you don't do stuff to help mitigate that. But what I'm seeing, so going back to every woman in North America right now has cortisol issues, you know, and either too high or too low, both, once again, they need to, it needs to be Goldilocks. Well, here we are, we've got women that let's say their cortisol's tanked. You know, they follow what every other woman in their workplace is doing, which is ketogenic and fasting. And they, they're being told, don't eat more than 20 grams of carbohydrates in a day. Eat one meal a day, the OMAD, they call it, one meal a day, which is the super, super popular. So you're just fasting all day and you eat one meal a day. Well, that's, that's about 600 calories if you're lucky. <laughs> you eat a good-sized meal. You can't really get too much out of one meal when you're eating one meal a day. So what is this doing to these women? And these are the women that I see in my practice every day that have heard me talk on other podcasts. And they come and say, I had a woman yesterday, she was 29 years old. She said, I've been doing keto carnivore and fasting for two years, but I haven't had my period for a year and a half. And I said, well, what are you doing still doing it? And she's like, well, yeah, I want to have a baby. So now I'm going to, and now I want to change that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And this is daily. Daily, I have women coming to me to say, oh, well, I lost a lot, a lot of weight in the beginning. And that's the thing is these diets, intermittent fasting can be amazing. It can be anti-aging. It can help correct insulin resistance, which like you said, most of us are insulin resistant. It can be the biggest aha moment in somebody's life to start fasting and start to lose weight and get the benefits of this. And the ketogenic diet is the same thing. It's this amazing therapeutic tool that helps women to heal their gut, heal the insulin resistance, bring down inflammation very quickly. It's very satiating. So they don't feel like they're suffering. It's good food. And so it's like all great, but long-term it is ruining women's metabolisms because we know that fasting is really hard on your adrenals. And so here we have this society of overly stressed out women who are then fasting all day long and eating a low carb diet and many of them with undiagnosed hypothyroidism and that low carb, the stress, because fasting is a stress is just putting fuel to the fire and women are really wrecking their metabolisms when they overdo this. And so it's really about finding this balance between getting the benefits of a calorie restricted diet. So that's through the fasting and the keto, but then pairing it with days of higher carb, really good foods where you're, so you're nourishing the adrenal system, you're nourishing the thyroid and you can still lose weight and get the benefits without slowing down your metabolism. And that seems to be this kind of sweet spot when it comes to the diets depending on, of course, like if you've got insulin resistance, but you don't have adrenal problems, then something like carnivore keto for a little bit longer of a period of time, maybe a couple of months could be really helpful. But if you've got hypothyroidism and you're not optimized on medication and adrenal dysfunction, which always goes hand in hand with hypothyroidism, you don't want to do any fasting and you don't want to do keto. 
the landscape gets more complicated depending on what the who the person is. And you're absolutely right. You know, if someone is going full keto for a, an extended period of time and and full fasting. We're talking about a 24 hour fast or anything. You know, anything above like you know 12 to 13, 14 hours consistently all the time. Um, we just, especially if you're still cycling. Oh, especially. Yeah. Especially if you're cycling, you know, especially that luteal phase, that second phase after ovulation, where we really need calorie expenditure, not only to boost progesterone levels, because that is so critical, and to get us to the end of our cycle. That's where it's all kind of, you know, talking about losing that, that anovulation. We're fasting all the way through that luteal phase. We are tanking progesterone levels and we just, we just are not, we can't ovulate. And so no surprise that we're seeing that. And I think you're absolutely right. Like there's so much great research that shows, you know, intermittent fasting, especially for insulin resistance, especially for cellular regeneration, cellular autophagy can be great. But yeah, if because these are fads and because they're the, the number one thing being Googled right now, people are taking them to extremes, especially for us as women. They're just not serving us at an extreme level. And you're right, we, we have to be able to either work with within the cycle, our menstrual cycle, if you're still cycling, and we have to we have to mix it up. There cannot be, it can't be full tilt keto all the time, especially for women. And it's and we can't be full tilt fasting all the time, especially for women. And so it's yeah, it's finding that that sweet spot. And every woman's going to be a little bit different and addressing the other issues that we're talking about here. Like if you, if you have a hypothyroid, is it, is it autoimmune driven? Are your cortisol levels, is your stress response system completely tanked? You know, what is, what does that look like in regards to nourishing your body? Mm-hmm. All of those other players come into play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And diet has so much to do too with whether or not your body can even, as we age, if you decide to do something like bioidentical hormone therapy, what you're putting in your body is going to really dictate how well you take on those hormones and and if they're going to be healthy for your system or not. And so that's, I think, a big part of it too. And you have to be very careful about what you're feeding your system um, as far as that stuff goes. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, Every woman's case by case. And and I always recommend, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what that root cause is. Is it is it the thyroid? What's upsetting the thyroid? Is it stress? Is it gut issues? Is it environmental toxins? Is it just low-grade inflammation in the body that we've got to address out the gate? All these things have got to be in, con- in consideration. And the beautiful thing is they are levers that we can we can adjust with lifestyle. Thank goodness. Unless it is that you absolutely need, uh, you know, again, to be supplemented with thyroid, then you've got to go and see a practitioner for that. And I do believe that a lot of this can be adjusted with food as well. It's just figuring out the right foods to feed the body. Yeah. I always say you got to find your weight loss code and that is going to look so different from person to person. And it's super important to stay just really open-minded, like try some of these things, try some of these dietary things that you're hearing about, see how your body feels on it. And if it doesn't feel good, be open-minded to continue on. And just remember that if you're following a low-carb keto diet or a carnivore diet, you really want to 
start incorporating those foods, some carbs back in, especially at certain times of the month. Like you said, like eat to your cycle. I always tell women that if they can really tune in to what their body's telling them, most women find it's much easier when they're cycling, that it's much easier to do some fasting, intermittent fasting in the first half of their cycle and they don't have the cravings and that's for a reason. And the second half of your cycle, your cravings go up for a reason for carbohydrates. So, you know, if that's what, if you can eat to your cycle, that's awesome. So that you, in the first half of your cycle, you go a little bit more lower carb, you do a little more fasting. And then that second half of the month, you put in a little bit more carbs and you can also do this seasonally too, right? So that, you know, you're eating more of those fruits and things like that come spring and summer and then eating more of the root vegetables come winter time. So it can be done monthly, it can be done seasonally and it can be done weekly too. And I always say, you know, if you're in the weekday, you know, have the weekends where you're going higher carb because it's, it's a little bit easier to manage your weekends when you're being a little bit more relaxed with that kind of stuff. Maybe do some fasting in the week, but no more than a couple days. Like you really don't want to overdo it. I was speaking with somebody the other day and I was, this has just been something that's been going on in my head. And I, I was talking to her about it because I think it was the girl that lost her period. And I was like, you know, when you really think about it, if we didn't have the word fasting and intermittent fasting, that wasn't around, or if you go back 10 years, when we talked about fasting, we were usually talking about people in religious groups that would do fasting for religious reasons. But if somebody came to you and said, I eat one meal a day, I eat 500 calories a day, and it's one meal a day because I think it's good for me, what would, we, what would we have labeled that 10 years ago? Anorexia. But because we say fasting, starvation, starvation, we would call that starvation. We would call it anorexia in a woman. If, if, we, if I had met a woman that ate one meal a day, I would be like, oh, she's obviously anorexic, right? But now we've put this- And no surprise, she lost her, her, her period. No surprise. Exactly. Exactly. It's because women need, <laughs> need to eat to, be, to stay fertile. It's the most energy-driven process in the body that happens every single month. Whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not, your body is prepping and priming for a pregnancy, and it requires the most energy expenditure of, of men and females. Um, I believe that the ovaries, on average, have like 15,000 mitochondria per cell. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's not that this was, I'm not saying that it's all bad. Like I said, I put fasting into all of my dietary plans for women because it does help you to reduce caloric intake for the week. And it will help you to lose weight if you don't overdo it. Yeah. Well, it will reduce, like you said, reducing inflammation and helping to stabilize blood sugar issues. I think those are the two major things that I'm always so fascinated with is how do we reduce inflammation? How do we clean up the cells? How do we help create sensitivity and insulin so we don't have inflammation from that? And yeah, I think a you're absolutely right. I think a little bit 100% serves. It's when it's taken to the next level. And that's the thing. I feel like women, you know, you're talking about how you know, looking back at the time you didn't feel stressed because you were just doing all the things that women do. You know, I was just doing, all, I had a daughter. Sure, I had everyone a, else is doing. Yeah, I have a daughter. I'm running a company. I'm doing all these things. And that's just what everyone else is doing. So it's fine. 
you know, you look back in hindsight and you're like, oh my gosh, like I was burning the candle on both sides. And um, I think so often with us as women, you know, I always say that the one thing about women is as long as you tell them, like you let them know what to do, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it to the umpteenth, you know, level, because just who we are, at least that's what I find to be true. And so it's, and unfortunately, it's no surprise that we've got what I and you consider to be an extreme measure of like the the fasting and that anything that's taken to extreme is going to ultimately, especially when we have hormones at play, it's going to be, it's going to ultimately be kind of devastating the system. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They definitely, the research shows that women that are in menopause, so they haven't had their period for over a year, definitely do better with a lower carb diet, ketogenic and fasting than fertile women do. So there is that, but regardless, you still want to be able to find that balance as soon as you can. You can use these diets as a therapeutic tool to help you reverse the insulin resistance and bring down that inflammation. But then as soon as possible, you want to be bringing back in a lot of those good carbohydrates that are still promote lower inflammation, right? So I still, I do lean always towards primal-based diets for women going through menopause and perimenopause because it's just, it's it's an easier, because of what it's doing with to your blood sugar, it's easier to follow and it can put you in a natural caloric deficit without suffering, right? Without feeling those hunger pains because it's nutrient dense foods, you're eating those good fats. It's taking out some of the, a lot of the inflammatory foods. And then you can go from there as far as, okay, how can I tweak this? That's going to work for myself. And there's lots of different things that you, there's so many awesome tools out there nowadays that can help women find their weight loss code, whether that's, you know, getting your hormones tested. I have all of my uh, clients and members all take their body temperature, just their body temperature alone tells you a lot about your adrenal health. It can tell you a lot about your thyroid health, your metabolic health. And if it's consistently under, well, then you know, okay, maybe it's worth then getting my cortisol tested, my DHEA, doing a thyroid panel because my body temperature, your body temperature will reflect that if there's a problem in those areas a lot of the time. So there's, you can do carb tolerance testing with blood sugar machines, you know, so you can see, because some people can eat ice cream, for instance, and their blood sugar hardly even moves. But if that same person ate a bowl of white rice, their blood sugar could go through the roof and then vice versa for somebody else. So you can do carb tolerance testing to say, okay, how does my body do when I eat beans or when I have some whole grain rice or you know brown rice or quinoa? What's my body doing? And then you can really start to narrow down, okay, actually this food doesn't work for me right now. This one does. And I know that that's not as appealing or sexy as do this for 30 days and you're going to lose 20 pounds, which is what we're being told is 95% of diets out there. But the sooner you come to terms with there is no quick fix and the more you can really start to dig into, okay, what is my weight loss code? And just taking the time and having patience with yourself to try these different things to help you figure out what's going to work for your body. Hmm. I absolutely agree, Karen. I, I love I love your recommendations. I love that it's definitely not a one fix approach. The 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 fast fix approach. There's no magic pill here. There, you know, it's in it. It really has so much to do about your personal body, what your personal body is going through, or what has happened in the past as well, and just kind of dialing that in and figuring that out. 
I think is is the best advice that we can give women. I know, I know it's not always the 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 answer that people are looking for specifically. No. They're just like, just tell me to do the one thing and I'll do the one thing. And and we we've seen what ultimately what we're seeing is is several years of women being told to do this one thing and and it kind of backfiring on depending on what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like having your hormones tested can tell you so much as far as what the kind of dietary regime maybe you should be doing for a period of time. You know, if you see that there's estrogen dominance and there's lots of inflammation, then you're going to know that you need to bring that down. If somebody's got an autoimmune condition, maybe they need to do an autoimmune paleo type thing for a while, or if they've got Hashimoto's, like there's, you can really tell a lot by looking, if you've got low cortisol, low thyroid, then no, you don't want to do the keto fasting right now until your body heals. Like there's, you can tell a lot by where your hormones are. It is so true. It is so true. And yeah, I mean, and we think about like, let's say estrogen dominance is on the docket. You know, we should be looking at the liver. We should be looking at the gut. You know, there's other areas that we should just be taking into consideration. You know, is why isn't the liver able to metabolize that much estrogen? You know, what's the deal there? And so you're right. Once we get that beautiful kind of lay of the land, then we can start the approach. You know, as a woman who has Hajimoto's that's in remission, and I've had had low thyroid issues. I've had low thyroid issues also due to chronic stress is ultimately what happened there because I was just doing all the things that girl, women were doing. You know, I was on an autoimmune protocol for quite some time and it was huge, but it wasn't going to serve me the whole, like the whole time, all the time. And so it's really just a matter of, of really figuring that out, like you said, based on what's going on with you. Yeah. I went into, I had a really high reverse T3 a couple of years ago and my T4 wasn't converting over to T3 properly. And I was on the wrong thyroid medication and I was getting sick from it. And I had to really look at, okay, why am I having this conversion issue? And that was part of finding my weight loss code at that time was, okay, why am I not converting my T4 to T3? And, you know, my cortisol was too low. <laughs> you know, I had some, I had a gut problem. So I wasn't, you know, there was that, there were so many, these little factors, I had heavy metals in my body. So it was like, once again, looking to these number of different things to say, what's at the root of this hormonal imbalance. And I tried keto at that time during that time, and it drove my T3 down within one month, my T3 dropped. And so it was like, Oh, no, not, not a good idea. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's, you just got to be really open-minded to it. Hmm. Love it. Karen, honey, I love your take. I think you are right on the money when it comes to really figuring out what's going on with us, especially if we're still cycling. You're absolutely right. The same kind of findings I found for menopause as well is that once once all of that kind of clears out, again, still figuring out what's going to work for you. And I love that your recommendation around checking blood glucose levels, checking, you know, what happens when you eat rice versus ice cream, you know, and and understanding how is your body responding to that particular food? And even how is your body responding? What I love about a particular, like specifically a continuous glucose monitor, if one can get it, is looking at exercise and how exercise affects your blood glucose levels, you know, and how circumstances, you know, you get in a fight with your partner or you get a crazy text message. Like, how does that respond? And all of these things we can measure so we can really, you know, I think for me, I'm getting one put on once I, I have the baby and um, they're, they're not they're not willing to put one on me just yet. And so I could get one on, but I'm just going to wait till the end of this pregnancy. And I'm really fascinated 
just to have that level of accountability, just to know. I mean, there's things that I know because intuitively I've been listening to my body for so long, but there's probably, there's probably things I just don't. And, you know, having something like that, that you can, that can be measuring you consistently and looking at behaviors and and seeing how your body responds. It's not just food that we're talking about here. Just sleep alone will raise your blood sugar. Yes, it will. You wake up. (laughs) Exactly. So, and I think this is also important to know. And you're just like, oh, that is a lever. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I thought it was, I needed to be on keto. No, I just need to sleep, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, it's really important to kind of look at all those levers as well. And I think that that kind of helps us to dial things in. It does. And then you can't lie to yourself. No, you like, cannot. Like when I looked at my hormones that first time and was like, oh, oh, wow, I am so stressed out. Like who knew, you know? And so you can't lie to yourself about it. And then you're forced to do something. At least I always am. I'm like, oh, okay. I can't lie about this anymore. I have to, I actually have to sleep more. or I have to not eat that or I have, you know, and really pay attention to it. I like those little tools for testing. I think it can really help. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I love this. So thank you, Karen, honey, I just want to say thank you so much for not only painting your picture, but painting a real picture of what I think a lot of women are experiencing right now. My mom has tried keto and it wasn't working for her, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, well, mama, this is, and we look at her hormones and I'm like, you know, these are the reasons why this isn't really working for you at the moment. These are the things that we've, these are the levers that we've got to pull for you. And until we have those numbers, I always say, Oprah Oprah says, know your numbers. If you don't have those numbers, it's really hard for us to know what levers to pull. And so I think you're on the money with that. And the great thing about it is hormone testing can be done at home. You don't necessarily need to go to the doctor. We know sometimes even if you do go to the doctor, they may not get you the testing that you want. Like reverse T3, not easy. Doctors don't always want you to order it. You can't even get it in Canada. Yeah, they don't. Oh, no, not well, at all. That. Even that. Do- doctors can't order it. Nobody, only a naturopath can order it. And there's only, there's no lab in all of Canada that tests reverse T3. Oh, goodness. Here in the US, we can, and we can do it self-test as well. But very rarely are you going to find a practitioner in the modern medical system that's going to be willing to run that. You'll have to go to a functional practitioner or... Luckily, in the U.S., there are at-home thyroid panels that you can run, and they'll look at reverse T3. Just a heads up on that as we're having these conversations about hormone tests and the importance of hormone tests. Goodness knows it's something I talk about all the time here on the show. Note that that there's a will, there's a way, and that more and more home tests are becoming available so that we can really take ownership and really take a look at what's going on. Now, Karen, where can we get more of you? Where are we sending people to check you out? Uh, KarenMartel.com. I also have my own podcast, which I'm excited to have you on. It's called The Other Side of Weight Loss. And I talk about all of the other things about weight loss that doesn't have to do too much with calorie counting and exercise. Well, a little bit about exercise, but definitely not calorie counting. But yeah, lots about hormones, psychology, spirituality, all of the things that I think are really important in helping you find your weight loss code. Ah, love it. Well, Karen, honey, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your brilliance and keeping it real. Love that so much. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for having me on. After struggling firsthand with weight resistance, I know how frustrating it can be to not know what's going on with your body. Oftentimes, it's a combination of hormone issues and lifestyle. And stress will always play a role in our bodies, especially when it comes to holding on to weight in our midsection. 
Now, if you want to learn more about Karen's work and how she is helping women with weight resistance, check out Karen's hormone quiz to help you discover which hormones could be stopping you from losing weight. I will have the link in the show notes. And before you go, make sure you head on over, grab your free ticket to the best event of the year, my perimenopause and menopause relief summit. And while you're at it, let your best friends know that they can also benefit from the amazing expert solutions and bonus hormone recipe guides that they're going to get just for registering for free. So there's a big bonus just for saying yes, for attending and focusing on what your needs are. Now, both links will be in the show notes for episode 253, or you can go to my website at drmarisa.com. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode on the Essentially You podcast. If you are loving these episodes, head on over to iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to subscribe to and leave a quick review. That way, this critical information gets out to more women who need to hear it. Goodness knows, I wish I would have had this info when I was desperate for hormone solutions. Until then, have an amazing start to your February. See you next week.